Hi, Ben here. Welcome to another episode of Virtual Man Cave Podcast, where we take a not-so-deep dive into life as a man of faith in Jesus. It's great to see so many people in the Virtual Man Cave community interacting on the Facebook page. Thanks to John, to Graham, to everyone else who is jumping online Head to the Facebook page, interact, share your thoughts, your comments, any suggestions for upcoming episodes. Also, a big shout out to those who are listening all over Australia, all over the world. We have listeners in Ireland as well as America and Germany. So thank you so much for checking us out and continue to check out the new episodes that are coming up. I've had a lot of feedback from our listeners talking about how much they're enjoying the interviews we've been having on the Virtual Man Cave podcast, and this one will be no exception. And so to the Virtual Man Cave podcast, I want to welcome a great man and a good friend of mine, Corey Dallin. How are you, Corey? Yeah, well, Ben, thanks for having me. No worries. I'm sure you're an avid, avid listener of the podcast. Uh, mate. Mate, I have enjoyed it so far. Yeah, well done. <laughs> nice. Now, you are a man who's been married for half your life, 25 years. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. are coming up on the beautiful 50 age demographic, which is just a, I just can't believe it. Just looking at your your, your young looking face. Uh, and within that marriage of 25 years, you have produced four lives. Can you believe that? That is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, very thankful, mate. Um, but it keeps me on my toes. And so you and, you and Lisa have uh, a girl, Abby, who's 20. You have then three boys, three rugrats who are probably not, they're probably getting to the stage where they're almost as tall as you now, but Mitch, 17, yep. Zach, 16, and Jake, 14. And they keep your hands full, right? They do, mate. Look, they're a lot of fun, but, yeah, they've presented us a few challenges. <laughs> now, you're a man yeah, of faith. Right. You're a man of faith. You've been uh, a follower of Jesus for more than half your life, for 27 years. What is it still that compels you to be a follower of Jesus even after 27 years? Yeah, well, look, there's, there's probably a few things, mate. But for me, personally, it's the whole concept of um, eternity. I think, you know, as you pointed out, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe past the halfway point of my life. And I think as, as, I, as I grow and learn and, and uh, hopefully learn and develop, um, you realise that, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. Mm. And, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Christ has purchased for me a place in heaven um, that's not dependent on my efforts or my good yep. works, but, yep. but just my belief, my faith and my devotion to him, um, my acknowledgement of him uh, buys me a ticket to spend eternity with him. It's just something that my, my, my brain has trouble 
uh, comprehending but <laughs> something for which I'm so thankful for. So that's, for me, it's probably that, that whole eternity. Concept. Yeah. Wow. That, that whole, that whole idea of grace is so counterintuitive to humanity and to the way we go about life. Everything that we, we have, usually we have to achieve, we have to earn, but this whole idea of grace being a free gift uh, not based on anything. It's pretty stunning. It is. It is, mate. Um, and it's something that I know a lot of people just can't get their hands or head, heads around. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a very mighty concept. Yeah. And you're, you're a, a keen businessman. You love all things business. What, what is it about the business world that, that gets you going? Yeah, I am. Um, look, there's a whole bunch of things about what I do for a living that really motivates me and excites me and challenges me. But look, if I'm if I'm honest and probably in line with what we're going to talk about, you know, I grew up watching my dad as a businessman. Hmm. Um, and I look, I, I knew I knew I wanted to be in business in some way, shape, or form from from when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the whole idea of it excited me. Um, talking to people. Uh, building relationships, uh, all that sort of thing. It kind of scared me a little bit, but excited me. And, you know, there's a, an awful amount of variety and challenge with doing business well. And, um, you know, I started off in one completely different area of business um, to where I am now. I started off, I'm actually a, a qualified accountant. Uh, did a, a degree in accounting and economics, uh, became a CPA, and then walked away from accounting about wow. six or seven years after that. And, and then moved into um, the sales and management side of things, and which I felt was more in line with my with my passion and and sort of character and um, mm. that sort of thing. So, mate, I haven't looked back. I I love it. And look, if I'm going to pick one thing out of it, it's just that that uh, relationship building yeah. process um, that really stands out and really really um, really gets me out of bed in the morning. That's fantastic, mate. It's so funny that you 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 mention account. You you're an accountant because we've actually accountancy has been brought up a few times in the podcast, and has been given a bit of a bad rap. To be honest, I know Ethan DeRosa and Kieran Richards, some some previous interviewees, uh, had a bit of a crack at accountants. But you know, I'm I'm looking at you right now as as an a, a trained accountant saying that I, I respect accountants. <laughs> <laughs> and they play, you, they, they play a really important part in our, in our society. Yeah, they do. Look, it's a, it's a valuable vocation. Uh, for me, I just felt it didn't really align with, with, <laughs> with my personality <laughs> and character. So, yeah, I've, I've never looked back, but it's something, it, it's, it's a set of, it's a skill set that I've drawn on certainly yeah. in my current, my current life. So I, yeah. I'm thankful for it. And yeah, yeah it certainly serves an important, important part of my current role for sure for sure now we're gonna take a bit of a different tack with the interview today and and talk about fatherhood uh as we've mentioned you are a father of four children one girl adult adult girl as well as three boys and so there's there's definitely been some some uh different experiences that you've had throughout uh this parenting journey which continues it doesn't stop Let's go back to the start. You're expecting your first child. What are some of the, the, the ideals uh, that you had in your mind, some desires that you had uh, 
that you wanted to kind of fulfill as a dad going into becoming a dad for the first time? Yeah, look, it's, it's a good question. And, and certainly I've, I've had to, you know, it makes me look back a long way um, uh, to, to remember what that feeling was like. And certainly the, the excitement, the whole unknown of it all really captured me, I remember at the time. Uh, not really knowing what to expect, but I, I knew that I, I, I was very aware of how I'd been parented. I, and I, I had a very fortunate upbringing, had a very present mum and dad right through and, and was very thankful for that. But, you know, I remember thinking in my own mind that I, I, I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to be a different dad to my dad. Mm. And I don't, I don't fully know why that stands out in my mind, but I know my dad was very busy and I, I remember growing up thinking I would have loved to have spent even more time with him, hmm. more than I did get to spend with him. And so, I, you know, I remember thinking I'm going to do that part of my parenting differently. And as I look back, look, so much of what was important to my dad has has come out as being important in my life hmm. and has become important to my kids and certainly my boys. So that was a big one. Um, Interestingly, look, I, I, I kind of never went into parenting either um, thinking that I, I would be perfect or that my kids uh, wouldn't make mistakes or that I wouldn't make mistakes, especially. So I, I kind of knew what I was in for. I knew that I knew, I guess I knew my imperfections and hmm. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to do the very best that I could despite, despite the fact that I knew I was going to be far from perfect. So probably the ones that stand out mate yeah and that's really good to have those realistic expectations that yeah. you're not you're not kind of down on yourself going i'm going to be the worst parent i don't have a clue it's going to be terrible but you're also not going to that other extreme where you're going it's going to be fine i'm going to i'm going to wing this this is going to be amazing i'm going to be the, the greatest dad of all time it's it's that realistic expectations going in which do hold you in good stead not only on yourself, on your spouse, but also on, on your kids. They are not perfect. So you become a dad. What do, what, do you, what do you kind of discover as the most confronting aspects of, of being a dad once you become a dad? Well, certainly my first child was Abby, uh, my daughter. Uh, and certainly there's many many people would know out there a dad-daughter relationship is a really special one and mm. for me what really stood out was what am I going to do how am I going to cope if something major goes wrong you know okay. my daughter gets sick or, or something worse happens and I'm not in a position to be able to fix that situation how would I deal with it and, mm. um, you know there's a, just that little bit of fear that you know you you invest so much into your children and there is so much out of out that's out of my hands, out of yes. our hands yes. as dads, as parents. And look, to be honest, it's, it's, it's furthered my own trust in God, certainly. And, um, you know, the fact that we do rely so much on God um, to, to kind of fill the gaps in our parenting and to, yeah, to maybe take care of some of the situations that we're not going to be able to fix ourselves. So, mm. yeah, certainly that sense of, you know, Lord, please, may nothing serious go wrong with my kids. And, and um, yeah, look, it's been, things have gone wrong, trust me. Things have gone mm. uh, very wrong, um, you know, through the course. And we've had, we've, you know, we've, we've had our little fair share of surprises and that sort of thing. But certainly... Um, you know, uh, faith in God has been strengthened every time. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing that 
relationships, they do expose our lack. You know, I I do, I tend to, to tell young guys, especially that when you get married, what you, what you discover is your lack is, is, is what you don't have is, is how selfish you are, for instance. And then once you, once you have kids, it's just another, it's the next level. It's another dimension of what you lack, what you don't have and how much more selfish you are. And that's got to lead you somewhere. And I love how you're talking here, how it's led, it led you to God, it led you to a, 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 another level of dependence upon him that what you can't control, he can, and he does, and he's willing to, and he wants to. That's brilliant. What, what have you found most rewarding? Uh, or what did, you know, what did you initially find most rewarding? What have you found most rewarding about being a dad? Yeah, look, there's a whole bunch of things here, and I'll, you know, um, I'll probably try and just stick to a couple of big ones. But certainly, that just that whole next level of meaning and enrichment that it brings to your life, hmm. you know, to, to have created that little piece of life that is so dependent on, on, on me, hmm. um, to you know, to always be there, protect, um, and especially having a daughter first, it was very, very apparent. So certainly, up, up the ante in terms of, um, you know, uh, that quality of life, for sure. Mm. And then, you know, growing up of, um, you know, there's obviously, there's obviously a lot of responsibility on us as dads, you know, to lead and to really set the tone in our families. And I've, yeah. I've tried to, I've really tried to make a point of just really trying to make my kids laugh. And, I, and, and that's, that's just something I'll never get tired of. Um, there, there is so much enjoyment out of, out of having kids. And that's such a, for me, that's been such a great thing to focus on. Um, you know, and it's, it's helped us, helped us, helped our kids really deal with some adversity when it's come along. Uh, so, you know, that's, 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 that's really um, been a, a high point for me. Just the keeping it, keeping it lighthearted has been yeah. a big one. And, um, interestingly, too, what's what's really come out for me is it's it's really enriched my relation, my own relationship with my own dad. Huh. Um, yeah. You know, and I'll, I guess you know it'll probably come up a bit later, but I, I I understand why my dad did some of the things he did. Some you know some big things really dawned on me. You know, he would ma- he would he would manufacture situations that meant that he he and I would have to spend a lot of quality time together, and yeah. that is absolutely what I've done. Um, I have gone out of my way to manufacture situations where my kids either individually or as a group that we would have, um, yeah, we'd have situations to really, to really get in and have real engagement discussions together. So, uh, you know, look, I've got a whole long list of things, but you know, um, I've really enjoyed my boys and some of the stuff that, that, that my boys and I've gotten into certainly over the last few years yeah. has been really has been fun. Um, you know, look, the sport is a big part of my life is a big part of my dad's life and it's a yeah. big part of my kids life. And, um, you know, that, that helps them, that helps them prepare and cope with other aspects of life so well. Yeah. Um, just that, that, that whole, uh, that whole sporting aspect. And, um, you know, there's probably a little over, over reliance and, and over, over, dependence on on that part of my life and that's i'm seeing that come through my own kids unsurprisingly <laughs> but it's it you know it's it's a good uh it's a good way to spend you know to spend their time and yeah. it does keep them help keep them on the straight and narrow it's, yeah uh, you know, absolutely 
Yeah, and look, so, I think I think you're right. The most rewarding part is when when you get something right, when something that you've put into your kids that is positive, that is about building, that is about growing, that is fruitful. When you see that coming out and you see your kids get it right, you just, you, you can't contain the joy. You can't con- contain how proud you are, you know, when they respect another human being, when they go out of their way to help someone, when they're thoughtful, when they're caring, when they excel, you know, shoot for a goal and, and excel in that area. You can't help but just go, what I'm doing actually matters. It makes a difference. And it is. It's such a rewarding role to play. Uh, it, it's it's challenging and confronting at the same time. And, and so often we we look at the frustration that comes out of our parenting, out of our fathering, Corey, and we go, oh, the kids just need to grow up. They need to mature. They need to shift this behavior and shift this attitude. But in the cold light of day, when we sit down and everything's quiet, God usually puts his finger on us and goes, um, how about you, mate? What do you need to change? And so has there been some areas in your own character and your own in your own life where in this parenting process, God's gone, mate, you need to work on this. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you, you learn to, it's a transition for all of us, right? Um, you know, certainly it's a transition for us as individuals, for, for our marriage. Mm. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's dealing with a lot of the selfishness of, as, as you put it. Mm. Um, but for me, um, really, being intentional about modeling what a real relationship with Christ looks like. And, mm. and again, you know, I hate to use this word, but, you know, manufacturing um, or creating good habits is a better way to say it. Just yeah. creating good habits around reading God's word, around praying, around, um, uh, you know, that sort of thing, doing it more in public, trying to include them. Mm in um in uh, aspects of you know my reading of the word and explaining to the explaining to the the boys why i do it and doing it in front of them will provoke them to to inquire it'll pique their interest they'll wonder why you know that that is that is a priority for me mm. and um it provokes some good discussions um and just including them um in prayer whenever i, I get the chance um you know and and um, the credit to them, they're, they're almost always willing to jump in, whether yeah. or not they pray themselves, they're willing to jump in and stand with me or stand yeah. with Lisa and I when we're yeah. praying for for friends or family, you know, when, when things come up. We try and take that opportunity to, again, model what we as a family do when either we hit troubled times or when we when even when we're celebrating something a win or something good something um, positive that's happened you know just giving that quick um, note of thankfulness to god and just doing it as a family it's a powerful thing Mm. um, and it's something that's got to be done intentionally Um, yeah i can't i can't say enough the importance of um of modeling that well and be, and doing it intentionally and not leaving that part of your parenting to chance. Yeah. So you're saying that, that being a parent has actually motivated you as a part of a motivation for you to actually make sure that those, those spiritual disciplines, those spiritual devotions, those habits in your world are 
are fresh, are real, are building, are growing, and are strong. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Look, if if um, if those things aren't important to me, then they're not going to end up being important to my kids. Hmm. And that's yeah. that's that's the consequence of my parenting. And uh, that's powerful. Whether I like it, whether I like it or not, that's the that's that's the the legacy I'll end up leaving. Yeah, but they will they will take on and adopt the things that are important to me. Yeah, and take them on as important in their own life. So, mate, it's it's just been intentional. We all know we need to read our Bible more and pray more. Um, this is just taking it to that level. How can I how can I model that to my kids? Yeah, in some way, and it's it's not easy. No. I, I certainly I'm I'm certainly far from perfect, and I need to do it more. I need to I need to you know I need to be more intentional about it, but. Occasionally, I get it. I do get it right too. So you do, mate. I'm sure of it. Now, you've got four four kids. You've got a girl and and three boys. Different personalities. They're obviously different birth orders. So that that's going to impact how they see themselves and see life. How how do you how do you parent four very different children in a way that brings out the best? Because it can't be just a uh, a one-size-fits-all type of parenting for the, for four different children. How do you you know taking a step back? What do you see as important in in parenting four different children in a way that brings out their best? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. It's not an easy one to answer, but uh, for me, this was something that the that, that certainly perplexed me for for a long time, and how how, how to do this well, and certainly. Number one, watching my kids very carefully. And this comes back to time and, and prioritizing them, but watching very carefully, watch what is it that truly excites them. Yeah, right. and yeah as you're right, that's that's different for each child. But mm. um, and I, and I think, oh, look, I, I know I'm guilty of missing so many of those cues from my kids mm. simply because simply because I wasn't listening, um, caught up in my own world, um, you know, and, and other bits and pieces, but trying to be intentional and one thing I did with my three boys is when they turned 13 I um, we went and uh, I made a big point of, uh, of, of doing a an overnight hike with them we just did the first uh, 20k leg of the Bibbulman track and, yeah. and and this is going to sound really corny but I, I actually for each one of my three boys I prepped some questions I had them there on my phone because I was going to get basically 24 hours with them one on one, and we were going to we were going to encounter some challenges and different situations. We got lost a couple of times, and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. You know, I, yeah, um, can be a little bit directionally challenged, but um, that's all right. Now, that was that was all part of it. But it, yeah. as I, as I go back and look at some of the stuff, I've kept most of this stuff, and I go back and you know, I I had a, a really vastly different set of questions and stuff that I wanted to cover with each of my three boys because they were they they, they, they were just such so different, had different personalities, mm. and mm. I just connect and I, you know I knew I needed to connect differently with each of them. But yeah, that one on one that one on one time. Um, just freeing yourself of other of, of the outside influences whenever you can and just focus on them and um you know one one thing i've always been is you know they the saying that you don't spoil your kids but man i i try and spoil my kids outrageously when it comes to just prioritizing them yeah um, that's brilliant, you know man. spoiling them with spoiling them with time and my attention and uh you know there's never I don't think there's ever been um, a negative consequence come of that. I've always learned something 
um, about my kids, uh, and, and which has helped me to en encourage, you know, or, or change something in you yeah. know, try try to change maybe a behaviour that sort of thing. So, yeah, look, that's probably an insight into something I've done. Um, you know, again, it, this was very much a manufactured situation. That yeah. This, this yeah. hike. Um, at the moment, I find myself, my kids, my, my boys especially, are into these cars, and we've bought cars for them, especially that need a lot of work. And 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 I'm just prioritising spending time with them one on one to build to help um, help uh, sort of uh, fix these cars up. And uh, you know, it's it's really getting getting your hands dirty, taking a few risks, trying yeah. things, trying to do things that I certainly I've never done before. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, and my kids, I, I've got no doubt, like I did, they will come to a point when they're dads themselves, they yeah. will, the, pe the penny will drop and they will think, that's why dad yeah. did that. He, want, he wanted to spend time with me. Yeah. Hopefully, that's... hopefully they'll be, they'll be maybe slightly better dads as a consequence of that. But they don't get it now, but they'll get it one day. Absolutely, mate. And uh, they'll understand, and they they will see just how how much how the links I went to to manufacture one on one time with them. So, that's brilliant. That's so good. And and I I, I that's what one of the reasons I got you on, mate, because I love your intentionality. You're always telling me about different things that you're doing, that you've planned to do with each of your kids to make sure that they're prioritised, to make sure that uh, you're you're learning from them and how each of them as different personalities tick. And it's, it's like any relationship. It's not just going to happen. You're not just going to fall into uh, a level of connectedness, a le level of, of intimacy with your kids, just because you're living under the same roof, especially with screens these days, you can be so, so you can be in the same room, but so on different pages. And so are there any other, quick little things that that you want to mention specifically that you're intentional uh about in terms of leading and loving your kids um look we you know we try and institute a lot of family traditions that sort of thing but i guess one other thing i, I wanted to say um and get across is the fact that there, there are different seasons to to yep. parenting and being a dad and you yep. know I, my, my kids are older now i kind of uh somehow took the view that parenting would become so much easier as my kids became <laughs> as my kids became teenagers and, um, but you know off it's fair to say i probably struggled a bit transitioning into that and okay. um, having having my kids having my kids actually come back at me with with really well thought out opinions and <laughs> um yeah you know it's 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 been an interesting part certainly the last couple of years but you know, I'm getting better at, at dealing with that and uh, learning to bite my tongue a lot more and and, uh, and and try and encourage them as they as they live and learn and and understand some of the, the you know the bigger things of life. And so, mate, yeah, I'm I'm in a different season, but I'm you know your very, role changes, very... doesn't it? You you become more of a coach in the season yeah. of teenagers where you're getting alongside them as opposed to going Here, here's where we're going. You, right. you get alongside and go, hey where do you want to go? Let me walk with you. Uh, and he, he, here's yeah. some thoughts. And so it's a, I, I've seen you transition really, really well, but it is important to be aware of those seasons of parenting and those transition moments. Uh, and you also mentioned that you 
being hands-on with your kids through every season, whatever age they are, is just super important for building that sense of relationship and, and in- intimacy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on just hugging my kids. You know, they're at a point now where it's just the last thing in the world they want from their dad <laughs> is, to, is, to, is to give them a hug. But Especially in front of their friends. That does, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and um, you know, occasionally, occasionally, I'll get Abby come up to me and just give me a hug, and yeah, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, super like special. I remember yeah. when I kicked my first goal in soccer as a young child, and my my dad, who was the coach, he ran onto the pitch, put me on his shoulders, and did a lap of the oval, a lap of honour, because I kicked my first goal, and I was super, wow. super embarrassed at the time. But looking back, my dad was so proud and my dad wanted to celebrate wow. a really important moment with me. And, and, and again, that hands-on thing, my, my, my dad uh, and my mum were, were so tactile, were so physical. They, they, they wanted to wrestle. They wanted to play fight. They wanted a hug. They wanted a kiss. And they still, you know, they still expect that from me and their grandkids. Uh, to this yeah. day, and and I I think that's a it's awesome. a realistic expectation, and so I think being hands on, especially yeah. as dads, where we can be isolated, we can you know be a bit secluded, we can go into our own little man cave, so to speak. Uh, it's so important that we are not in their face antagonising, but we are uh, slapping them on the shoulder, on the back, giving them high fives, telling them that they're awesome, telling them that they're beautiful. Um, That's right. Mate, you've, you've given some great insights today. I'm so, so thankful for this time. Thank you so much for, for doing it. You're a great role model as a dad. And uh, I'm sure that, that you're, you're going to be blazing the way for us uh, even more so into the future. And so thanks for your time on the Virtual Man Cave podcast, Corey. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it. See ya. See you, mate. It's time for Rob's rant segment this week. I've been around for a hundred years. G'day, mate. After Ben. How are you? Good to see you. Good to hear from you. What what's your what's your rant this week? What Can you that, hear that, Pastor Ben? What is that sound? It sounds eerie. It sounds scary. Ben, uh, it's a cat on heat. A cat on heat. Yes. And I know you're a cat lover. I love cats. So I was a bit hesitant to talk about this one tonight, but A, I don't... No, I'm going to give it a rip. Do it. Pastor Ben, 3 a.m. Picture this. 3 a.m. in the morning. Yep. Cats on heat outside my bedroom window. Are you for real, Pastor Ben? <laughs> All you cat lovers, do me a favour. Put your cats away at night. Thank you. Cats on heat. <laughs> Don't let them anywhere near Rob's house. Rob's rant for this week. That is awesome. See you, mate. Okay, we are back with IP Crowd, the segment on Virtual Man Cave Podcast where we talk all things tech. 
TCPIP or Transmission Control Protocol slash IP protocol is what's used for the uh, uh, how computers talk to each other across the internet. And we have our resident Android guru, Adrian. How you going, mate? Hey, Ben. Good to see you, buddy. You too, as well as the Apple guru himself. We have oh, yeah. Bill Joel Sinek. <laughs> Hello. Bill. <laughs> Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates is Microsoft, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, guys, that's why, that's why I uh, get these guys in because I am not tech savvy. So anyway, we have some more great apps that are life hack apps to help you guys out there with your life. Starting with Adrian, give us your app for this week, mate. No, I'm brilliant. Well, this one's for the redheads. This app is called Talk, as in T-O-R-Q-U-E. This, um, you do need to buy a little ODB2 adapter, which will plug into the ODB2 port on your car. They're pretty cheap. You can normally get them for around 10 bucks or more, more than that if you want the fancy ones. But then using this app, you can then connect to all the uh, engine codes and everything that's going on inside of your car. So you can see your fuel consumption, O2 sensors, your speed, your RPM, um, all your error codes in your car. And you can then use the GPS on your phone um, and accelerometers on your phone. And it has all sorts of graphs so you can track your fuel economy. Um, you can sort of do your trip planners. Um, it's brilliant. In fact, I bought it initially to try to clear error codes out of my car because I was getting the catalytic converter uh, sensor error that was in hmm. knocking out my um, cruise control. So That's whenever that trips, I can just clear the error code and then cruise controls back. That's so uh, yeah, but a great little app for the rev heads to be able to track everything that's going on in the nice. car. Who would that's know cool. that a rev head could have an app? Uh, that I know, right? Is, and I'm sure, Joel, that app will be very helpful for Prius drivers like yourself. Oh, there's nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> very us, helpful. Give us your Apple app for this week, mate. I'm going uh, with the, my podcast app choice, which is oh. called Pocket Casts. Okay. Uh, what I listen to, how I listen to Virtual Man Cave is through Pocket Casts. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, just I, it's my preference over all the other apps of podcasts. I've tried all the other ones, but um, it just firstly, it looks beautiful. I, I'm all about kind of the great UI, great interface um, that just makes you feel like you want to click in and mm. listen to podcasts, uh, but also just the extra functions on how you can listen to things, certain speeds, you can have it at like 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 speed rather than just straight 1.5. Yeah. Uh, you've got volume booster, you've got all these other extra things that it can do um, that uh, I just find really nice and easy and beautiful. So that's my podcast choice app. That is awesome. That is so good. That's going to come in really handy, guys, as we listen to more episodes of Virtual Man Cave. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page where we will put all of these apps down, helpful life hack apps. You'll be able to get the link and download those. And I think very soon we are in for a rumble. We're going to get Adrian the Android Man head-to-head with Joel the Apple man. And they're going to debate which is better, Android or Apple. It's going to happen. It's going to be a throwdown for the generations. And I can't (laughs) wait for that to happen for the very first time on Virtual Man Cave. Guys, you you better get ready. You better be in training for this. I'm warming up. Doing my stretches. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. (laughs)
All right, thanks, man. See you. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Welcome back to JR Rules for Fitness, a weekly segment on Virtual Man Cave podcast. Here with James Rose, health coach. Hey, mate. Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing well. Now, I'm excited about the next few weeks because we are talking diet and eating. Not, not as yeah. in the best diets to do because uh, we're well, talking no, about because, lifestyles. Well, I thought we were talking about Ben's burger diet. Oh, come on. Oh, <laughs> look, I could talk all day about that. But today we want to talk about macros. Tell us about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, so macros, for those who, who aren't aware, is what we're talking about there is macronutrients. So essentially, uh, the majority of all your food is made up of either you know one or two or three of those three primary macronutrients carbohydrates proteins and fats and it's really important and to understand that they are three each uh, three of them are macronutrients so they are necessary for the effective functioning of the human body right. and so you know you know carbs get a lot of bad press mm-hmm. um, you know carbs are bad carbs are evil but your body needs the right amount of carbohydrates, yep. proteins, and fats in order to function effectively. And so, if if you know, for those of you listening who might not be uh, kind of across what are the the proteins, carbs, and and fat breakdowns in what you're eating, what I'd start to say is if if you're buying food from from the grocery store or whatever, and it's it's in a package, it'll have a nutritional information label on the back of it. Um, unless it's a, a fruit or a vegetable, uh, anything prepacketed should have the nutritional value. Start to read the labels to see what right. you're eating. And so when it comes to carbohydrates, real simple, we want to keep it clean. Um, so, you know, fruit and vegetables are your, your great source of uh, carbohydrates. And then obviously your, your low GI carbohydrates from there. So, so, you know, brown rice, you know, multigrain bread, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Proteins, you want to make sure you're getting sufficient protein in your diet, uh, especially for those who are working out and training hard for muscle recovery. And I the think golden child, that, maybe. the golden child. Yeah, of the gold, yeah. Well, no no yeah. one's ever given well, the, the, protein a bad rap, right? Well, there's plenty of people that give protein a bad rap, but okay. the reality is, is proteins are only effective in the vehicle of carbohydrates. And so yeah, okay. you, you, you can't eliminate carbohydrates completely and just go for purely protein because mm. One, your energy levels would be miserable and you'd be cranky and tired and angry. Um, but secondly, you, you need carbohydrates as a, as a vehicle for the transportation yeah. of protein. So, wow. um, and then fats, we want to keep our fats, um, you know, keeping what we call our good fats. So fats that come from nuts, fish, so salmon, um, avocados, mm. all, those, all those good fats stay away from the kind of uh, the bad fats, which is what we find in burgers and fries and oh. not stay away from them not stay away Come from them, on, but mate. be conscious i think macros macros is about being conscious of what you're eating yeah that's great so it's really been about yeah that consciousness of what's going into my body because this the body that we have is it's fuel food is fuel mm. and we've got to put the good stuff in because if we don't over a long period of time whether it's 10 years 20 years 50 years the body will will begin to uh, respond to the the poor fuel that we put into our body. 
That is brilliant. Food is fuel. That's a, a, a mindset shift I had a, many years ago that's really helped me. All macros are necessary. So eliminating one of those macro uh, areas is not good for us. And so that is some great wisdom there from James. Thanks, mate. We'll hear from you next week. No problems. Yeah. Have a great week, boys. We are back with journalist and sports enthusiast Dan talking top five sporting icons of Dan's life. We are down to number three. Hey, Dan. Hello, Ben. Mate, you dropped a bomb in the first week with Ben Cousins. We had Tom Brady last week. What do we have this week for number three? We're going to the pool for this week. The pool? Uh, The pool, yeah. So... uh, it's definitely, when I think of swimming, Inthorpe. Inthorpe is like my sporting icon when it wow. comes to swimming. I was thinking um, you were going to go down the Michael Phelps route, for sure. I don't like Michael Phelps. Sure. And that's tainted my view of him. Right. Um, whereas Inthorpe... But you like I, them cousins. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when he plays for your team, it's different. I think if I was an American, I probably would have picked Phelps. But yeah. Ian Thorpe, man, at the Olympics, he, he would just carry that Australian swimming team. Mm. And, and there was no – I feel like most of the time when I go for a sports team or a player, I'm, I'm not usually going for the absolute best. And I'm always hoping for my guy to, like, upset the other team. Yeah. But with Thorpe, he was like – I was nervous because I thought he has to win this. And he'd always yeah. go head to head with the best of, of every country. Um, and everyone would stop and watch Ian Thorpe swim. When it, was, when it was come to the Olympics and it was the gold medal race, everyone would stop and watch. And, um, and he's, he was an absolute machine, just dominant. And um, gave me a lot of joy watching him swim um, mm. with a sport that's not really that entertaining, if I'm being honest. But when you've got someone like Ian Thorpe get, and you get behind him, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, and and you know, he's I don't, I can't I don't know how many gold medals he's won. I I, sh- I probably should have looked it up as part of my, you know, research for this possibly. <laughs> Sorry, um, but he yeah, he's an absolute machine, and and the whole country would get behind him. And Absolutely, for me, that, that's that's what makes it an icon. I loved his humility as well. Always so humble. Always giving credit to yep. his coaches and his training buddies, and so that's a great sporting icon. Thanks, mate. We will hear from you next week. See you then. Unpacking Proverbs for this week, because we all need more wisdom, right? Proverbs 19.18 in the NIV. Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. I asked my kids the other day, what does discipline mean? And they straight away said punishment. They straight away said us being strict as parents, uh, not allowing them to do things. And I was quick to remind them that no, discipline is actually about direction. It's about teaching and training and, and creating a pathway where they can receive wisdom and a pathway where they can step into life as opposed to death. And my kids and your kids might be the same, they think that happiness is the goal. 
that as long as they are happy, we as their parents are doing our job. Happiness is not the goal. Loving God and loving others is the goal. Fulfillment and fruitfulness in using their gifts and talents to make a difference, that is the goal. And when we let our kids set the guidelines, when we allow our kids to give the direction of their own lives and their own parenting, happiness becomes the goal and direction doesn't happen. And so I know it takes effort, dads. I know there's constant conversations that are needed to be had. I know that we have to continue to be vigilant in following through on the consequences and and, uh, helping our kids realize the consequences of their actions and their decisions. I was talking to a friend the other day who has teenage kids and, and they use the form of questioning to help keep their kids accountable, to take responsibility. They ask, is this the type of person you want to be? Are these the kind of characteristics you want to be defined by as a person? I think they're great questions. And so dads, parents, let us continue to be vigilant that we would provide direction, pathways to wisdom, to life for our kids by the continued discipline, the continued training of our children. They don't know the right way to go. They don't know how to make great decisions. They're still working that out and we are an important part of helping them see what those great decisions are. Time for Andy's on fire segment for this week. We are talking recent hits with Andy. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Doing very well, mate. My mouth is watering just anticipating what you've got for us as a recent hit with meat and fire. Shoot, we're talking chicken this week. Yes, we are. And it's something we do more often than not, actually. It's chicken wings. Very simple. So good. So good. And there's different ways that I can do this. I have tried um, putting them in the brine for for 24 hours prior to it, Mm -hmm. which was good. It made them really juicy. Um, But I found a bit of a hack that if you let them dry, air dry on a rack first for a a couple of hours prior to cooking. Then you put them in a Ziploc bag and put some um, either baking powder, like a a cup of baking powder or corn flour into the bag and mix it all around so they all get a a light dusting. Uh, And then you put your seasoning over the top of that, however you want it, your dry rub put them on the grill and they come out like fried chicken. Wow. And they've got that crunch. Yeah, that sounds good. So the corn flour actually bring all the bake that that brings the coat, the, the crunch. So you cook, you cook the cook them for long enough that it, 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 it makes the, the flour go in, go crunchy. Wow. That is a cracking. You can toss them, you can toss them through a, like a wet, barbecue yep. sauce after that oh man um, the <laughs> bone just pulls out and it, it, 
there's never we we sit around a table and we're just chucking into this bowl of uh, grilled chicken, knowing that it's it's good for you as well because there's no no bad stuff on it. Absolutely, mate. That is an incredible recent hit. Thanks so much, Andy. We'll hear from you next week, mate. See ya. Good week. Episode 8 of Virtual Man Cave Podcast is in the bag. Thanks so much for joining with us, for checking us out. Make sure you're putting your five stars on your podcast app. Head to the Facebook page, Virtual Man Cave Podcast, to interact, to leave your comments. Thanks so much for joining us, and you'll hear from me next week. Bye.